Welcome to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast created to encourage and support parents of special needs children. I'm Tonya Wallum, and I'm glad you're with us today. Recently, I had the chance to speak with Lenora Edwards. Lenora has years of experience as a speech and language pathologist, and in this interview, she reveals her expertise on the matter, as well as a fascinating look into analytic and gestalt language processors. Tune in to find out more about Lenora's journey in providing quality speech therapy options for children and to get an insider's perspective on these different types of language processors. Welcome back to the Water Prairie Chronicles, everyone. We appreciate you being with us today. And we have a special guest. I am talking today with Lenora Edwards. She's the Chief Knowledge Officer with Better Speech. It's an online speech therapy company, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about that. But um, Lenora is an ASHA board-certified speech-language pathologist. That's a lot to say in one one <laughs> phrase. And since 2010, I believe that's correct, right? 2010? 2010. When you started? She's been working with individuals of all ages, starting with our youngest learners. And that's where we're going to focus a little bit today. And Lenora, welcome to the Water Prairie Chronicles. It is so great to spend time here with you today, Tonya. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) So I gave you a general introduction, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. So like you said, my name is Lenora Edwards, and I am a board-certified speech-language pathologist and ASHA, we usually call it ASHA, and it's the American Speech-Language Hearing Association. And what that indicates is as a board-certified clinician, I have had the proper education and I have passed my boards and therefore I am certified by the board within the United States. That being said, I then have the ability to be licensed in states. So really, I am licensed in the state of Pennsylvania and I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm also licensed in four other states because I have the ability to work online. I can apply for licensure in those other states. So that allows us to provide speech therapy services, especially online, throughout the U.S. because I can be on my computer, but I have clients in Colorado and clients in South Carolina. So it's really fantastic that we have the ability and the technology to do that. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, speech development is such a large range of topics um, that I've asked Lenora to talk with me a little bit about just speech development today, thinking of our younger I wouldn't say patients, but younger learners, really, because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they, they all have to start learning at some point to communicate. Um, so I've asked if we can touch on some of the differences in how people process language. And so we're going to get into that in just a minute. But to change things up a little bit for season two, we've decided that we're going to start by playing a game instead of waiting till the end. So season one, if you've listened through that, we did a speed round. This is season two now, so we're going to mm-hmm. do a game called Two Truths and a Lie. So if you've ever done a icebreaker in a large group, you may have done this before, but um, but what we're asking each guest to do is to share two truths about themselves and then one lie, and we want those mm-hmm. that are listening to try to, to discern which is the lie. And those that are listening, what you're going to do is check, you can put a comment, if you're watching the YouTube channel, you can make a comment below the YouTube video, or you can go to our Instagram at water.prairie. And we'll post the, the 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 three there so you can choose mm-hmm. which one. And we will eventually release the answer. We want to give you a little bit of time to talk about it first. So, Lenora, what are your two truths and a lie? And mix them up so we don't know which one is which. Okay. My two truths and a lie. Uh, one, I had a baking business. Two, I hiked the Appalachian Trail. And three, I hiked the Tour de Mont Blanc. So there are two Ooh. truths and a lie. 
Hmm. Okay. We will be posting those <laughs> on YouTube and on Instagram. So I want to see some conversation. Those that are listening, go and find it. And if you <laughs> want to see if you're right or not, check back again later to see, see what our answer is. And um, remind me to ask what the answer is before we Absolutely. finish this. Because <laughs> I may forget that part. <laughs> <laughs> To start out with, I've seen some terms about analytic language processors, gestalt language processors, echolalia, I think is how you say it. Um, can we start with just what is an analytic language processor and what's maybe an example of what that would look like? Absolutely. So I'm going to rewind before I get to that. Okay, please When do. it comes to language development and, you know, a lot of the time people will tell me like, oh, we're expecting and I'm like, great, start talking. Because language starts developing immediately, and it does develop in the womb. So it's really important that as that little baby is growing in, in through, throughout that time frame to keep talking because they are picking up information. Once that blessed day arrives and they are finally here in your arms <laughs> to keep talking, we are actually born with the ability to understand language. That being said, there has to be language input for us to make cohesive sense of it. So our brain, we are equipped for that language part of the brain to understand language, but like I said, language has to come in. Now, when it comes to language, and, and as a speech language pathologist, people often think, oh, we only work with articulation. Oh, there's nothing wrong with my speech, I speak fine. And that is true, but there's a much more that we do. So when it comes to language development, there's two parts. There's our ability to understand language. So everything that you and your listeners are doing right now, that is the receptive part of language. You're understanding the information that I'm saying. Then it comes to expressive language, everything that I'm doing and how I'm stringing my sentences together in the grammatical formation I'm choosing, that is the expressive component of language. So that does develop and it really starts developing as early as the womb. So it's important the, the understanding of language. It's important for them to have language going on in their environment. And we often say, you know, to new parents, talk, narrate, tell them what you're doing, whether you want to call it sports casting or narrating or just talking, whatever label you want to give it. As your little one is developing, they're listening. So the more that you talk to them, the more vocabulary and the more information you're giving them. So when you pick them up out of the crib and when you lay them down to change their diaper, keep talking about what you're doing and say what you're doing and why you're doing it. And to keep singing and keep engaging with them socially because that social attention, that joint attention, that interaction is so important for our communication. And these are foundational things for our communication development. When it comes to very specifically, you asked about analytical and gestalt language processing, also echolalia. So when it comes to analytical language, they used to think back in the day that we only developed language in this one way and it was just one word at a time and it would build upon itself. We've now, after I think um, some 40 years ago, researchers came up with also, we're actually understanding it in two ways. We have the analytical development or the gestalt language processing, in which case gestalt means as a whole. So some children develop language and their understanding of language in scripts, in, in chunks of information. So such as, let's go to the store. If they heard it on a TV show, or if they heard somebody say it, 
they'll repeat, they'll echo that entire phrase. And others might just hear, for the analytical, they heard, or they'll come out with go, and then it'll be able to let's go, and then it'll be able to let's go to, and as you can see, it went from one word at go, let's go to two words, and let's go to at three words. So that continues to build. That building up from one, two, three is the analytical language development. When it comes to Gestalt, you're getting that chunk of information and the reverse basically happens. So children will come up with this, this script or this, this phrase that they've, they've caught and are repeating, then they have to chunk downwards. They have to mix and match and understand these combinations to create intentional communication. So there is definitely a difference when it comes to that. When it comes to echolalia, they're repeating and there is a very normal development that your child should be repeating because children learn through experience. They learn through you modeling. So as you're saying things, they're working to model you. They're working to echo you. That's a good thing. When it starts to get beyond two years and it's still quite persistent, that is an indicator that you would want to reach out to a speech language pathologist and really have your child assess to see what else is going on for their language development and how else they may be able to, to be cared for if there are services that may need to be provided. So thinking back, so when, when my children were young, we, so they would have been analytic language processors because they started with the one word, Maybe maybe two, and it would be like you would hear them say, you know, go. They would get first, mm-hmm. but then they would maybe, you know, go 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 home, go play. Mm-hmm. They'd add that the action or the destination to it, and then it would add some other descriptive words with that. Absolutely. So that's the analytic part mm-hmm. of it. Beautiful. Um, and then recently, I ran into a young adult who was communicating with me, but. As she's talking, I'm hearing phrases that I've heard from the a baking show that I've watched, mm-hmm. um, another one from an animated movie that I'd seen, all in the same sentence. The phrases mm-hmm. were in there. Um, so that would be an older person who is still using the, and, and you're pronouncing it gestalt, is that right? The, I've, I've <laughs> heard gestalt and I've heard gestalt. So gestalt, either, oh, that's interesting. G- yeah. So <laughs> sl- slight shift, but I, I say gestalt. So, so that so that would be an example of that later, mm-hmm. or would that be the the echo? It would still be echolalic because they're repeating echolalic. something, okay. but also right. they're they're producing a phrase. And it's important to remember that when children or adults, when when they are doing this, this is them communicating. This is a great thing, and it should be acknowledged and validated. You know, years ago, especially in. Um, they, we really didn't have a lot of information on how to properly treat this. And thankfully, with advancements in, in our own education and our own skill set and development of the world, we now have great tools to really help children and other people to, to take this skill, but to also harness it in a way that's effective. So we're not saying, no, be quiet, don't say that. We're saying, right. oh, okay, I understand you want something. And then also what we're doing is offering additional vocabulary so okay. the to to support it because sometimes they they're wanting clearly they've now said a phrase they've now said a, a script they are wanting to communicate 
And it's up to us as the listeners to validate it, but to also indicate that we're understanding you and to really work to have that back and forth of understanding information. So that's really important that we we then also offer alternative scripts rather than saying, no, no, don't say that. Or, um, you know, let's say, good job, Johnny. Good job, Johnny. Good job, Johnny. Good job, Johnny. We can say, good job, Johnny. And then what we'll also indicate to, to recommend to families and, and, you know, people who are interacting with these other individuals is talk in third person. I did a good job. So that way they're using functional language. They're now, it's not, they're not talking in third person from what you said. Right. And to really go back and forth of, no, you say this, I say this, you say this, that can be very right. confusing. So when we offer that third person model, I did a good job then they're using it appropriately. We've given them more tools. I did a good job. We're now indicating, we're showing visually, we're, we're expressing, I did a good job. I did that on, on paper. And that person is able to then understand, but also to have effective communi- and intentional communication. So in, in a younger child who is starting in that, in that role, about what age would you see see those longer phrases like I did a good job? Would that be around age three or four that they're mm-hmm. repeating as long of a phrase as that? Mm-hmm. And, and when then it's how yeah, go ahead. Oh sorry. When it's when it's with, when they're developing in that gestalt component at that whole piece of information or that script, we're hearing more words. Sometimes it might just be wow, which is one word, but it's a statement. It's it's clear. <laughs> and other times it might be, let's go to the store, let's go to the store. And they may be looking at something, but also saying a phrase that they've they've heard multiple times. So now we're trying to re we're trying to offer new vocabulary. When you do that, if they're pointing to something, let's say, um, super fast red car, super fast red car, and they're seeing a red car, but they want to play with the toy, we'll take that pattern that they're using will take that that variation of their their voice and how they're saying it will match it but will also then pair new language in there. So okay. super fast red car, super fast red car. I want the red car. I want this I want the fast red okay. car. And that way you're offering functional language I want and you're also matching it. So that way then they're echoing, they're going to hear what okay. you're saying and they're going to be able to produce it more effectively and more functionally. So are they learning not just what the words are related to the object or whatever it is, but also the voice inflection? So all of it comes together for them as a package. It does, but when it's gestalt, they they understand it chunked up, and then we have to chunk it down for them to get more specific. So when they understand, they they may be using it appropriately. In that case, I I gave a pretty close example. They may be using it appropriately, but they're they're on their own intonation. They're on their own rhythm and sound of what they're okay. they're hearing. It's up to us to match that to come in with new information, and then we can play with it once we have that connection of understanding. So that way, okay. rather than saying no, slow down, say this. It's not as harsh, but it's also really supportive. And what they actually understand is, oh, this person understands me because. They're speaking in the same rhythm that I am. They're using the same right. voice flexion, and it's much more of a match. And then we can go on together. So when I first started looking at this, I equated it to learning a foreign language for me. Um, 
in in one case when I was in high school I learned Latin and then French so that we started with the basic words and then we build on to that so that would be mm-hmm. that analytic language path mm-hmm. but then I was traveling for a while with an international company and I would be landed in a country where I didn't know the language and so I'm picking it up from hearing phrases and watching and learning and the phrases began to make meaning but the phrases were phrases because I couldn't separate the words from them yet mm-hmm. and so I would say that would probably be more the gestalt type even though that may not be my natural learning mm-hmm. process it was the only way I could learn that language yeah that and you're also getting submerged in it especially because right. when you have that you have foundational communication tools to begin with so right. your brain is working to piece this together and not only are we hearing phrases, but now we're hearing it in a context. So when we're when we're traveling or when we're learning a second language, where and you're you're seeing somebody order ice cream, you're following that pattern of okay, this is what right. this means. This is how this shapes. You know, if you use some more generic terms and you don't have a context, oh, that's good. Well, what in in what way? What are <laughs> what? we talking about? <laughs> right. Good. You know, can we define it a little bit more? Um, it's a it's a lot harder when you go and you travel and you learn another language. You're getting so submerged in that environment, which is a great thing because your your neurons start to fire and wire in a more effective way, and you're really coming in cohesively. You've now taken your physical body to a new place, and it's working to align with other people. And you're watching this other language, and then you're picking up things that you did not even know that you were aware of. But because right. <laughs> you're so immersed in it, your your mirror neurons are just fi- all your neurons are just firing to really make cohesive sense of that environment. Right. So so I wasn't sure if that was a a good comparison or not. It was just the best I could do to it's try to connect good comparison. with it. I like it. Um, well, well, because then I was thinking if I can think of it that way, then when I'm talking to a four year old who's at this mm-hmm. stage, um, maybe I can understand a little bit more. Where that because they're coming into our world now, mm-hmm. and, and and they don't have the benefit of being an adult with a full mm-hmm. language vocabulary, even another language, Completely. but they still have a lot inside that they want to say and communicate. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. trying to find the ways to do it. Absolutely, especially when little ones come in. I I often tell people they they have no idea what's going on. They don't know <laughs> a wall. They don't know a pen. They don't know a ball. It's up to us to explain this entire world to them. And little ones, they are so, so smart, especially because their brain is really developing at a phenomenal rate. And it's working so hard to make sense of this world and to make sense of language and to really, you know, um, piece things together so, so much. It's extraordinary how brains develop, especially in those first five, six, seven years. Absolutely astounding. Well, so is there an age that if if a child is, is not being helped to learn to communicate, so if they're not an analytic learner and they're kind of being overlooked for a while, is there an age where it's hard to go back and regroup and to continue or can they always be picked up and caught up again? It, I, I would say it depends on the child, depending on where they are and what's going on. That being said, if there is a concern that their language is not developing, it's not that we can't go back and it's not that they can't develop. It's the 
first and foremost is to have them assessed by a professional to determine where they are on the formal scales that we use using our formal assessments, but also what else using our informal assessments. How are they interacting with peers? How are they interacting in the home? You know, let's say you have a three and a half year old and they're now in daycare. Okay, well, and and the 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 provider is having some concerns that they're not interacting quite as much and they're expressing that to the parent. As the parent is saying, oh, oh okay, I'm not too sure. One of the great things about Better Speech is that you can come to our website, betterspeech.com, and we offer a free 15-minute consultation. So when that parent nice. has questions and they're not sure, I don't know about you, I roll over at 2 a.m., I get questions. I don't got six months to wait to speak to a professional. I have questions now. So as early as the next business day, we're able to, to connect with people and answer their questions. So say you're three and a half year old, something's going on, they're repeating a lot, they're, you know that they're talking, but it's not making a whole lot of sense. And now the teachers and caregivers are starting to really express concerns. You can reach out to us at Better Speech. And also, the really important thing is that you're then able to provide speech therapy services to that child. It's not a, oh, well, you missed the window. Sorry, kiddo. <laughs> it is a absolute Yes, speech therapy services will be beneficial to you. And it's really important because we want that little one to be able to understand their environment. Do you want apple juice or orange juice to drink? And do you want to have pancakes or waffles? We want them to be able to make those decisions and to express what they want to express. I want the ball. That's really important to be able to tell people your wants and your needs. And it's very imperative that we we have those services for those children whether they get provided from the school system or early intervention or through better speech, the most important thing is to be able to provide services to that little one. I was, I was or hoping even you were going to answer that way. Yeah. It's because, um, because in my mind is, is, is never too late. You always, mm -mm. you always have a chance to, to make yeah. someone's life better. So. Absolutely. I completely agree. I don't think I know anybody that would be like, oh, sorry, you're too late. Yeah. <laughs> I have to you. ask though, because. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Completely. I completely follow you, but um, definitely not, at least not anybody that I know would ever be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> so you kind of touched on, on my main questions here, but I did want to go back to um, to something that I, that I think is important that, that we discuss. Um, at what age should a parent be expecting to, to pick up on something? If, if there is a concern you know, at, at, at six months, there's probably not a, a concern <laughs> range there. But is it 12 months? Is it 18 months? Is it? That's a great question. We, we had said three, but you had mentioned a two earlier, too. So so kind of kind of clear that up for us. Completely. And so when language starts, especially for little ones, like I said, they're listening all the time. So as their language, even though they don't have their first words and they're not talking, they are communicating. Children communicate through their coos and their babbles and their laughs and their giggles and their cries. That is intentional communication, which is why you'll often hear, hear parents say, oh, that's not that cry. That's this cry. Because they <laughs> now, the child has now said, this is my cry for this and this is my cry for this. And we as the caregivers and the provider and the parents of that child understand that. They wanted us to know that. And now we understand it. We have it now. When they're working to communicate, what you'll often see is little ones will start to 
as they were cooing, they're now going to start babbling. We'll often hear ba 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 or when they're laying in the crib or brrr. They're playing. That is a play when they're just drumming their lips. But when they start to use consonants and when they start to string vowels, ah, 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 e, 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 that is their babbling play. And they're learning and they're working to understand and to make sense of all this information that they've been hearing for so long. And as your little one, typically by the first birthday, will hear one word. Those are general guidelines. And there's a lot of flexibility in those guidelines, but they're still guidelines. So at one years old, you're gonna start to hear one word vocabulary. So as you get to two, two years, you're gonna start to hear two word combination vocabulary. Three years, you'll start to hear three word vocabulary combinations. So it might start out, start out as more for more, then you might hear more please, that attempt to communicate, and then you'll start to hear I want more. That's a progression. That's that analytical development that we were talking about earlier. That is very, very appropriate. So those are the guidelines for sure. If you're not hearing your child babble, making those those noises, if you're not hearing your child babble in that in that, you know, 10, 12 months, even it's or seven, eight months, if you're not hearing those attempts at combinations, that's a little hmm, interesting. Not necessarily they need to they need speech therapy. You want to see this communication, this back and forth. So when you let's say you have your um, eight month old and you're sitting and you're playing with a toy and they're looking at a book and they're looking and you want to see them engaged in that book and you'll start to hear uh, uh, as they're or they're attempting to I often call them attempts their approximations their attempts to communicate and that's a really really good thing if you have a dog in the house and let's call let's call the dog Bo if you're not hearing Bo Bo an attempt at one year old that's a little concerning but again not massively oh my god when it's two years and you're not hearing those things those are concerning. So we usually say okay. that 18 to 24 months is that if you're not hearing really start defining those words or mom or baba, those combinations, those are definitely concerns. And and if you ever have concerns, I especially those 2 a.m. question marks, reach out to professionals. And even if you even if it's for your own peace of mind, I'm very strong proponent of if you have a question, absolutely let it let speak with somebody and let that question be known because that's a really good thing. People aren't supposed to know certain child language development. They're not supposed to know these certain milestones if they didn't have a child before. Right. They're now developing these skills. They're developing this awareness. So if you don't know, that's okay. Ask. That's why we're here. <laughs> and it's so important to ask questions and to not feel stupid. You know, a lot of the time we'll say, they'll, they'll They'll warn me and they'll say, I have a stupid question. I'm like, it's not a stupid question. You wouldn't know the answer. Why would you know? This is why we, we're having this interaction. Right. This is a good thing. It's not a stupid question. So I really try to allow people a lot of grace and understanding that it's okay. It's a good thing to have a question. By all means, ask so we've we've mentioned better speech a few times through this now, and you've talked about the the free consultation if they had a question. 
tell us a little bit more about exactly what is the company, the website, what, what it, whatever you can tell us that the that, that parents can, can benefit Absolutely. from knowing about this. Absolutely. So Better Speech is an online speech therapy company. We are over 150 speech language pathologists strong. Wow. And right? There are over, um, I said that there were over 150 speech language pathologists, but we also all have at least 10 years experience. So for me personally, I've worked in the NICU, I've worked in the PICU, I've worked in inpatient and outpatient therapy clinics. I have experience. It's not like I'm right out of college, which isn't a bad thing for those who are right out of college, but some people want to know what other experience that you have. So we each have at least 10 years experience, but also massive bonus, we are nationwide. So like I said earlier, I am licensed in Pennsylvania, but I'm also licensed in four other states. And because we are online, we have the ability to provide speech therapy services throughout the entire U.S. And then we are also internationally based. So we're able to provide online speech therapy services to so many people. And that's a really big deal, especially when you live 45 minutes to a clinic or you have to wait six months to get on a wait list to get an evaluation. That's a huge deal. We are able to match people as early as the next day with a clinician in their state so that they can receive speech therapy services. And that's so important because especially with little ones and their development, time is of the essence. It's truly, truly important. Wow. So what is the the website? Is it betterspeech.com? Betterspeech.com. And we have all this fantastic social media. So come visit us there. And if anybody has questions, reach out to us at betterspeech.com or leave comments on our YouTubes and and our Instagrams and we will and our TikToks and (laughs) we will do our very best to answer any and all of your questions and provide you with as much care and service as we can. Excellent. So those that are listening, I'll post the links to everything that she sent me. I have like eight different links there that I can put on (laughs) and I'll put them in the description for the YouTube video. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, it'll be on the resource page on the website. So, um, so just check the show notes and you'll be able to get, to get there for that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that we should talk about? We have an amazing practice library on our platform. Oh, really? That's pretty, yeah. So what, what all is on there? Uh, so on our better speech platform, when we have clients, we have people often ask, how do you do speech therapy online? And it's actually, we've been online since long before the pandemic. So we are very comfortable online. <laughs> and we have this incredible platform where we have games that we help engage our clients with. And the massive benefit of making it fun, because learning happens, especially when it's fun, is we're also able to then have them that the family as a client, they're able to log into their account, they're able to see their progress and see all their notes, but they're also able to play games. And having having your parent or guardian engage with you and play games while you're having speech therapy and while you're learning is so, so important because it really helps that child understand that they're seen and that they're heard and that they're cared for and that this is important. Whereas if you go to an outpatient clinic, sometimes what can happen is the parent and the child are getting separated, or at least in my state, they're still in masks and shields. So there, there's other hindrances going on. But also in a school system, the parent isn't able to be there. With better speech, because we are online, we provide speech therapy services right in the comfort of your own home. And we get to work with parents and guardians 
one-on-one along with that child and explain what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it's so, so massively beneficial. And the gains these children make and the gains adults make because we also provide adult speech therapy services is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. On your website, and those are listening, go go and check out the website. Um, but they do have a list of the a price breakdown of the, the mm-hmm. types of services. Is Does insurance cover any of those? Mm-hmm. Pri- so, so that's we, your cash price? We do accept insurance, but also what we provide people with is what we refer to as a super bill, which sounds so awesome. I love the name of it. <laughs> but it's a, it's a form that has your information on it. It also has our notes. And it also has the information your insurance company wants for when you go and work with your insurance company to ensure that those services are provided. And that's such a great thing because that way you can turn around and make sure that you're getting the proper coverage that you need from your insurance provider and that the information is there for them. So they would file themselves. Mm -hmm. I was impressed when I saw the prices. And so for those that have never done a an out-of-pocket type cost like this, you 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 actually will be ple- pleasantly surprised when you see what they have mm-hmm. posted. But knowing that insurance also is a possibility may make it an affordable piece for them. That is our goal, to be not only effective and not only convenient, but to be incredibly affordable because it's so important that people receive the, the proper care and the proper services at an affordable price. Lenora, thank you for coming on today and sharing this information with us. I, I really appreciate you addressing my questions and just giving us the extra information about about the company as well. Thank you so much, Tonya, for letting me be here. It was so nice spending time with you. This podcast is made possible by support from our listeners. If you want to help offset the cost of producing the Water Prairie Chronicles, become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com slash waterprairie. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast created to encourage and support parents of special needs children. If you found value in this episode, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more listeners. I'm glad you were able to join us today and hope to see you back next week for another episode of the Water Prairie Chronicles. 